It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Hey guys, welcome to Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. We've got a 4-2 and two football team to talk about. This is a little bit of a different um, Iowa State football conversation than we've had in a while. Randy Peterson, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? Doing very well. Um, I, I'm actually really looking forward to to Saturday. I think this is a, a big-time football game, and it r- really, um, you know, I, I don't like leaping to conclusions with, like, oh, program change or anything like that, but this is a big game because if Iowa State wins, they could be in the top 25 for the first time in over a decade, and you really set up what could be a major game in the Big 12 with TCU the next week, so I'm actually, I'm really excited right now. And I, you know, and I've seen that, that um, Iowa State is a five or four and a half point underdog, whatever it is, and I get that, the game's in, in in Lubbock, but other than Kansas and West Virginia, Lubbock is right there among the the least hard places to play. I mean, Kansas and West Virginia are the two easiest places for a road team to go in and win, but I would think Lubbock would be right there as well. So so I get that it's a five-point thing, but if you look at the statistics strictly on paper, Iowa State's right there, if not better than than Texas Tech in in most of the statistics. Yeah, Texas Tech's interesting, Tommy, because I feel like it's a it's the same story every year with the Red Raiders. They start off strong. We start to have a conversation on, man, is this team for real? Have they gotten it turned around? And then they um, you know, they they they, they kind of once the um once the teeth of the Big 12 starts going, they they kind of fizzle out. But um, I don't know. I I still think it's a better team. I think I would say it'll have a tough game on Saturday. Yeah, it's still a good offense. They're actually a little bit better on defense, too. I mean, yeah, really, they, are. they had nowhere to go but up, probably. But it's like Randy said, it's not exactly the most daunting road environment to go to. But, yeah, um, God, I remember, I think it was Kingsbury's first year, they got off to that really hot start in the Big 12, and every everybody was kind of anointing him the, the savior of I Texas think, Weren't they like 5 or 6-0? and oh? Yeah, I mean, they were red hot, but they they had not played anybody in the Big 12 yet. And then, like you said, then they started, you know, getting the Oklahoma States and Oklahoma and uh, Baylor's of the Big 12, and that's when it kind of unraveled and they stumbled to the finish line. Well, uh, regardless, we'll we'll touch on plenty of that game later on here on on Cyclone Insider with uh, Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch. But Randy, that was um, have you had you covered how many games like that had you covered on like, Saturday? Is rainy and is gross. That had to be one of the worst weather games. Yeah, I mean there have been some of them, but you know a lot of them have been snow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, that was the first like rain game. That I think was, I'd yeah, ever seen. I can't remember any you know anything recent memory. I'm sure there have been, but but it was it had to have been nasty, and I felt I feel sorry for the fans out there. And I noted I noted this in my observation column in the paper the next day that that um, hats off to the fans. Yeah, it was great. You know, there's probably thirty five thousand out there out there. I mean, I mean. Good golly, those people were were hardy. They were loyal, and they stayed there too until yeah. you know through three quarters. You know, and eventually it stopped. It stopped raining, but those people were were loyal. They were they were wet. Um, that was a better crowd than I anticipated. Oh, it's a heck of a lot better crowd than I anticipated. And hats off to them. I mean, because they showed up. Yeah, you know, I, I often, and they showed up for a 
I mean, it wasn't the most entertaining football game. I mean, even when Iowa State was playing I, well. Being the like uh, the the fan on this podcast, I would beg to differ. Iowa State fans have not had an opportunity to watch their team just kick somebody's. Yeah, ass. yeah, that's true. But I <laughs> other mean, than Texas Tech, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't done in like no, I get um, it. You know, it was really a exciting, grinded fashion. out, ugly type of game. Yeah, yeah, and, I, I mean, get it. The people I feel sorry for are those Kansas players. I mean, oh man, not only are they just soaked and drenched, but then they're getting their butts handed to we, them in every. But fashion. they get free education, so we I mean, we need to stop halt a little bit there too. But so I've, I agree. I've heard that a couple of times. I, I've heard this a couple of times, and I'll see what you guys think about it with your experiences. Was Kansas the worst team you've ever seen come in here? Power five, power five opponent. Well, okay, we'll start yeah. with Power 5, and then we yeah, can believe Yeah, Power into- 5 opponent, It's the it, I, I can't think of anybody that was worse. Power 5 opponent, I can't think of anybody that, that's been worse other than maybe a Kansas. Um, I, I can't, and they were horrible, and they'd have been horrible on a on a dry day, on a football perfect day also. They'd probably have been more horrible, horribler. I, I covered the Pioneer Football League for a while, and there were some PFL teams that probably would have been that Kansas team. I don't get it. Bad. I well, mean, they were, I mean, it, no. not only is it bad weather, they were without their 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 star running, running back. back to, the I weather mean, didn't help. I mean, no. clear. I mean, if you've watched if you watch Kansas play, like let's say West Virginia early in the year, they're not as bad as the team we saw on Saturday. I don't think the weather helps when you're a bad team, anyways, because a lot of times you can, you know, I, the key to a game like that is getting off to a fast start, which Iowa State <laughs> kind of did, but once. Once Trevor Ryan returned that punt, the game was over. Like Kansas, you could just see they kind of rolled over. They had two turnovers, and they had run one, one. offensive play. I mean, that's really hard to I, do. T- you know, you're talking about some of the worst Power Five teams to come in here. I can't imagine a worse start than they got off to. I mean, they once they got off to that start, there was they had no shot whatsoever. I, I was surprised. I'm surprised only in the sense, and I don't want to make this show too much about Kansas, but I do think it's interesting because so much of the narrative from that game has been about how bad Kansas was. And I, I, I feel like the Beatty, Randy, I felt like the guys, at least before Saturday, like really loved him, like his players. A little bit of a Paul Rhodes type of coach where it's like he's a real player's guy and they, they when Paul was early in his tenure at Iowa State and I didn't see that. Like I they looked like in that second half, I mean they did not want to be there. They looked like Texas Tech in the second half. Last year. Or yeah. maybe not in the second half, even after midway through the first quarter. Yeah. Talk about a team that got a bad start. But anyway, yeah. um yeah, they, they, they did not want to be here. Um I was, was disappointed was, in that because I I was too. They didn't even. They didn't fire a bullet. No, I mean, please. It reminded me of Texas two years ago when they came to Iowa State and got shut out. Speaking like, of Texas, no you, spark to them whatsoever. I know you guys were. Were you? Did you, did either of you see the second half of the Red River Shootout? Like, yeah, DVR. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, the, here's the thing about like Tom Herman versus Charlie Strong. Talent pretty similar with this year's Texas team compared to last. You guys know Tom. I don't know if I've ever, in my career at least, found a, seen a better motivator of young men than Tom Herman. The way those guys were firing around. Like, that Texas team, like you compare the, pretty much the same group of guys to the one that lost at Kansas a year ago. I mean, and, and I know we're talking about this after a Texas loss, but I, I truly think, you know, when we look back at it in, 
in December. It's going to be like that That Texas loss on Iowa State's schedule is not going to look that bad. But I don't know. I came away really impressed just with, with over the first six weeks where they started losing to Maryland like that to the performance that they laid out against Oklahoma. Like, I, I think Herman's done a really nice job. I thought – I actually predicted in the paper Texas to win that me, game. Me, but me too. Yeah, Not in the paper. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, were. so, I mean, yeah, that's how much respect I have for – for what they're doing down there. The players like Tom Herman, the players, you know, that like you said, they're motivated down there. Why not? I mean, good, golly, they've got uh, mansions for, for a mansion for a locker room. This is true. And that helps. That really helps when you're walking into that kind of environment every day. You know, you want to hang around the locker room. You don't, it's not like get in and get out. You want to hang around the locker room for a while. Yeah. It's your place and it's cool. Kind of seeing that around here too. Yeah, exactly. To a to yeah to, to a lesser a, degree. To but, a lesser degree. Yeah, but I'm a lot more of the guys. As far as the chemistry is concerned, yeah, yeah, these guys hang out with each other. Where in years past, after six games, I don't think they could they could get away from each other quick enough. Even huh. even Kamari Kanmoya kind of hit on that the other night when he said, "At the end of the you know at this point in the season, or kind of the end of the season, um, his first couple of years, it was hard to go to practice and." It was hard to work hard because there was no energy, there was no life, there was no excitement around the team. Yeah, well, there certainly is now with a two and one start and a chance to really um, open some eyes on Saturday. Eleven o'clock kick against Texas Tech. We'll uh, we'll dig into that a little bit more. Anything else stand out to you guys? I um, I, I just I walked away from that game with it. It's just hard to judge too much. One because Kansas was so bad. Which I don't, I don't fault Iowa State for that because they did what you should do against a crappy team. And, and but you, when's the last time an Iowa State team did that? Yeah, that's why. Sometimes, I'm sometimes we Absolutely. see Iowa State play teams that everybody thinks they should beat, but they don't. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Even like, I even show growth this year. Even Akron was still kind of in that game late in the third quarter. Right, and that's, I, Iowa State was clearly better than that. And that's where Campbell came off. Campbell and some of the players came off and saying, we weren't real good that game. There mm-hmm. were mistakes. We overcame our own mistakes. Yeah. So I, yeah. so that, but then the weather, too. Like, I, like for me, like, and I went back and watched the game a second time, and gosh, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> it was tough to watch well, one time. Here's why I did it, though. I wanted to watch Kyle Kemp. Yeah. Because that was the one guy I came away from Saturday not really – I still don't feel like I know who the real Kyle Kempt is. I think we're going to find out this week. Yeah, I think this is kind of the, the rubber. Or next week. Yeah, what? If he's still the quarterback by then. Well, I mean, What are you hearing there? Yeah, no, I'm just – I mean, nobody knows for sure. That, and that, Do you know for sure? That's kind well, of the, Who would it be? Who else would it be? Well, I mean, at some point, <laughs> Jacob Park – I mean, we don't know if Jacob Parks. Coming he hasn't back practiced in a week and a half. Yep. I'm- so the the Kemp situation, though, and then and then I do want to take this to a Jacob Park direction. I guess I came away. <laughs> I came away from Saturday going, "Oh man, Iowa State's going to need Park at some point if they want to really make a run at this thing." But I don't think that's fair of me to do either. And the reason I said that is because one. We've seen what he can do at Oklahoma, and Kent made the throws, and he was fantastic. You just don't know if that he two, can consistently yeah. do that. Yeah, I don't know that yet. But, too, like the, the game plan going into Saturday, knowing that it was going to be a monsoon, they really didn't 
put him in any spots to thrive either. My, and, he, and once the weather got better throughout the game, Kemp got better as well. But I just I came away from Saturday, and I wanted to watch the tape again to go like, okay, what do we learn about this guy? And I don't feel like I really learned anything. My, my take would be what's to say the game plan really deviates too far away from what they did at, uh, against Kansas. I mean, yeah, realis- your, I mean your point. realistically, what you expect out of Kyle Kemp is to manage the game you're going to see a lot of short passes, you know, kind of bubble screens, stuff like that, and run the football and just take care of the football. That's kind of been Matt Campbell's MO. That's what he was at Toledo. That's part of the appeal yeah. of bringing him here. He That's doesn't kind of, like throwing it 40 times. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously when you have a guy like Jacob Park who has a great arm and a talented wide receiver core, that was kind of the strength of that team. Well, now you kind of modify it for what Kyle Kemp can do. Now he can take those shots down the field and have success, but you aren't going to have him throwing 44 times a game, 50 times a game, every game, I would think. And I, I think, too, that's such a that's a big deal in the Big 12 just with how up-tempo things are. That's, I mean, that's one way Snyder was able that's to win exactly. a couple of – because he slowed the game down. Yeah. And it drives those up-tempo offenses crazy. I mean, John Haycock has even said – Iowa State's best defense. That's a great quote. Is their offense? It was it's a great just, quote last week. Yeah, but and and that's so totally true. true. But that, that was Wally Burnham's greatest problem. Yeah, he had a defense, but the offense would go three and out every time. Yeah, and and that that all works as long as the offense is at least getting first downs and moving the change. You don't always have to score. I mean, obviously, Iowa State's had tons of success. It's to me, it's insane to look at the stats and see. Um, you know, they're among the top teams in the Big 12 in red zone offenses, but it's just the fact that they're continually moving the ball and moving the chains is keeping that defense fresh. And the good thing for the defense, too, is they at least have some depth, too, where mm-hmm. those times that, you know, they are getting three and outs, they, they aren't getting totally gassed by the end of games. What did you think of Kemp on Saturday, Randy? Manageable. Yeah. He, they're, He's not being asked to do a whole lot. I mean, do a whole lot of tricky stuff. Yeah. Um, he didn't do a whole lot of tricky stuff against um, Oklahoma. That stuff was all defense, you know. You know, I, you and I and Tommy can throw that pass in the end zone to, to Lazard that Lazard always catches. You speak for yourself. You see my arm? I got a girly arm, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Point taken. Where's Ross? Ross could do that. <laughs> Ross but certainly could. Ross could do that. But yeah, He's an east sider. I, yeah. I mean, so when you've got receivers like that, my gosh, your quarterback's going to look good. You want a quarterback in the game who's going to stick with the playbook, not hone in on one or two receivers. Which Kemp certainly hasn't done. Bingo. He spreads it around. Bingo. Mm-hmm. You're going to want a, re- a quarterback who, when things aren't going exactly the greatest, who comes to the sidelines and, and, and said, what can I do better, instead of saying, here's what we have to do mm-hmm. to get to do better. Um, you know, here's, you know, so for a, a lot of reasons, um, Kemp is, is, you know, he's the guy going forward, and, and, and that's the way it's going to be. Uh, I'm getting a little bit fatigued with fans, and not only fans, but friends of mine asking me the future of Jacob Park <sighs> because we really don't know. Um, I, anything to add to that? I, I really don't. Like, in, I don't even know. people in the program don't really know. I would say, I was, I mean, yeah, nobody, right now to say, oh, yeah, Jacob Park is or isn't going to be back with 100% certainty. Um, is 
is probably hard to say because it's like you said, nobody seems to know. They may not need Jacob Park this season, but I got to imagine they're probably going to need him next season because there's a reason why they went with Kyle Kempt instead of Zeb Nolan. Zeb obviously wasn't ready for that, you know, that's starting spot. So it kind of makes you wonder, is he going, you know, how much more ready is he going to become next season? Because Kyle Kemp's going to be gone next uh, next year. It, in a scenario where Jacob, was to say hypothetically, Jacob Park is not here next year. Got to go get fans, a Fans don't read into that, right. okay? I'm, I want to preface, uh, this is just for the sake of a conversation. Three guys sitting around a bar talking <laughs> cyclones. I wish we were at a bar. Um. Who would you put odds on being the starter? Zeb Noland, this uh, De- Dev Devron Moore, Devin Moore, Devin Moore, Devin Moore, who's tore his ACL and he's out right now, or Real Mitchell, the true freshman coming in. I mean, if I had to pick for those three, I would say Zeb Noland, just because. Man, Devin Moore, I mean, Devin Moore didn't get much time under his belt yeah. when he tore his ACL. So he is so far behind. Then Real Mitchell isn't even here yet. So, I mean, at least. I know, I put you in a yeah. bad spot. That's why I did yeah. it, though, for the I sake mean, of conversation. If, if, I had to, if I had to bet my own money, I mean, if I'm betting somebody else's money, maybe I'd roll the dice a little bit more. But I'd maybe say Real, but I don't know. Nolan, I thought, looked really good when he was in there on Saturday, though. Did he? he? Had, I didn't see he it. Did. Yeah, he really did. He made like, a couple of really nice throws. Honestly, he, moved well. he completely exceeded my expectation. You could tell, too, when he got in there that Tom Manning wasn't just going to hand Like He wanted to test him because yep. right now he's the backup quarterback. You know, I mean, Lanning's there, but I, I have to imagine if Kyle Kemp, knock on wood, would go down this week – Zeb Nolan would likely start the game on Saturday, and then you would work in landing the way that they have been. How insane is that now to think about that? How empty that quarterback room is. You know, if something did happen to to Kyle Kemp, because it's like we said, Devin Moore, Starcevich, it's your guy. I don't think he's playing quarterback anymore, though. He's got got the he's got the experience, I guess. I mean, man, that's a that is kind of a scary situation for Iowa State fans. Do you really think? That Jacob Park is going to throw another ball for take another snap for Iowa State ever ever. If he doesn't this year, then he won't next year. Because he yes, we, he, we knew how tough it was to work off the rust after he was inactive for a year already. Then he's going to have to work off the rust for being inactive for the last eight or nine games. I do think we'll see him again this year. Then it'd have to be this year. I right? don't. I don't know when. I do think that. I do think we'll see him again at some point. Because I. I don't know. I, I think if things were bad enough and it was like a toxic type of deal, that we he She'd probably would have been dismissed. Yeah. I don't think there's any toxic. To, yeah. Yeah. You know what we're saying? Yeah. Lack of chemistry situation. I don't think it's anything there. Yeah. But yeah, I I would say yes. Okay. What would you say? No. You I would say if he no? doesn't play this year. Yeah. I would say no. That would be I, my guess. Yeah, we're clearly and I and I trust me. I'm just guessing. We're, we're just speculating. And I'm the first here. one to say that there's been that that people are overanalyzing this, including us, Absolutely. including me, including me. <laughs> yeah, no. I, but what, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we see Jacob Park again. I mean, it's like I said. I I, I think there are a lot of people in the Iowa State football facilities that don't know for sure what the future holds for Jacob Park. So. It's really hard for me to say, but I mean, I guess I wouldn't be shocked 
to see Jacob Park even again this season. It would not shock me. Yeah, I'm with you. But I just with don't you. know. I mean, it's a well, it's a giant question mark. The thing is, it's like we've still got like month and a half left the season, so it's, like a lot can happen. Yeah, he wasn't it's, even on the sideline Saturday, yeah, and so he's he's on the team. Let's let's go back over this now. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's on the team. Correct. He's inactive. Yes. Okay. So if you're injured, are you on the team? Yes. Are you inactive? Yes. Are you on the sidelines during home games? Usually. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's a great I point. Oh, I'll, I'll say this. I don't blame them for not keeping him on the sidelines because There's, okay. that, I mean, you're talking about every time a, a mistake happens for Iowa State offensively, the camera is zooming in on Jacob Park. Um, at least one time during the game, they're going to they're gonna zoom in. It's the difference Park of zooming in or talking about him. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being the devil's advocate I'm, here. I'm just I mean, saying that if he's not on the sidelines, that just, that I think that takes away from it being a talking point a little bit more, and they at least shield him from us too, because you know what you, no, you know I, we're going to at least try to talk to him if he's on the sidelines after the game. Well, yeah, I, I mean, maybe. he is a. Run, I want to I mean, know whose decision that, is it for him to not be on the sidelines. I know, and I, I is it Park? Was, like, is he dealing with I mean, that? Would show me a camaraderie thing too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm an act. I'm on the team. I'm inactive, but yet here I am on the sidelines supporting but you. A, but he's around the facility. We've talked to people who've seen him around. Right. Campbell even said that he's around. So right. It's. It's, Did Campbell say anything about Park in his press conference yesterday? And nothing I, I was newsworthy. Not I just asked him, you know. Did he get upset? Why, no. I mean, he was. Okay. He, he doesn't want to talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just messing. But, yeah, I mean, he said, you know, still the same situation. Okay. I mean, he said last week, it's you know, it's day-to-day. So he's really leaving it open-ended right now. And that's, that's the Matt Campbell way. He leaves a lot of things open-ended. I mean, I think sometimes. Um, yeah, to, goes to the extent, goes to the extreme on some of that stuff. Speaking of that, whatever happened with the uh, the McEnroe Alexander deal? He's off his suspension and he's playing. Okay, like I didn't know like if the legal like situation played out there. It or... must have played out favorably. Yeah. I would guess because I didn't know if anybody... got, knowing Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell's not going to play anybody if there's a if no the legal oh, stuff he, going on. He's <laughs> trust me, shown that multiple. Yeah, times. he has. So the legal stuff must have worked out. Um, they because he had a, the only reason I brought him up. Is when I watched the tape on Saturday, yeah. he was awesome. He was. Yeah. Like, he was like, holy crap, that's a good guy to have down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you guys, so I dug up some stats on the defense that are fantastic. I'll tell you about that next. You guys are going to want to stay tuned for this if you're a Cyclone fan. Listening to the Des Moines Register Cyclone Insider Program with Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch right here. On 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back to Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. I teased, and now what a true radio professional, I'm kidding, does we, we deliver upon the tease. Listen to these rush defense stats. This this is going to back up my claim that the most valuable player on Iowa State's <laughs> rosters, the two defensive tackles, Vernell Trent and Ray Lima. So last year, six games in, opponents were averaging 235.5 rushing yards per game against Iowa State. And six games into 2017, that number is at 119 yards per game. Iowa State is a top 25 rush defense right now in college football. To me, 
because the offense is the the off, now the offense has some good. And uh, I'll, I'll play you a good stat for the offense right now: thirty-five point six seven points per game. So the scoring I, Iowa State has not averaged thirty points or more a game since nineteen seventy-six. So clearly, like the offense is taking care of some business too, and these things are working together. But um, I'm a firm believer. Just you know, when I've watched enough football over the years, the, and I'm watching my team play. The most frustrating thing for me is when the opposition can go up and carve you for six, seven yards per carry. That's not happening now. Iowa State actually has dudes up front, and it's. I, I think that that is. Uh, do you remember last year Baylor, in like the fifth game of the year, ran for like 480 yards on the Cyclones in one game? To me, probably the most telling stat when you go and look at all the defensive stats is this season. Um, you know, somebody in the secondary is not going to be leading the team in tackles. You're going to have a linebacker, yeah. uh, Price Spears or right, uh, Joel Lanning. Spears. No, which, yeah, Lanning and Spears are the two guys, and then Harvey would be had it yeah. not been hurt. I mean, to me, that's that's the greatest sign that those guys up front are taking care of business because they're opening up spots for those guys to make clean tackles. They're taking care of those guys usually – in the past, like if Kamari Conmoy is leading the team in tackles, that means bad, somebody's so. already reeled off 10, 12 yards. Well, it, it go back to uh, Randy. I think it's a lot easier for a guy. And I bet if Joel Lanning were sitting here with us right now, he would give Ray Lima and Trent Vernell Trent a bunch of credit because when your when your defensive line sucks like <laughs> Iowa State's has for so long, you know it can make good linebackers look not so good, and we've seen that before. Um, when you have a really good defensive line, I don't know if Iowa State's is really good, but it's it's certainly good teetering on really good, I think. Um, third best rush defense in the Big 12 at this point in the season. I think that that makes a guy who, like Joel Lanning, who doesn't have a lot of experience back there, he can just react. You know, he doesn't have to be um, worried about filling as many gaps. And it's it just these younger, inexperienced guys – benefit greatly and they're doing it with a three-man front yes they are also, most of the time so, yeah yeah so they, they're they're getting a lot of action from that from that fourth linebacker whatever you call that thing the star the star I, yeah. I get that in the, reggie wilkerson i get that in the what is that what's the trevor ryan position called the x the m the, the w uh, the, the z the, the y yeah. the slot i don't know <laughs> the when the campbell staff released its first depth chart it we was needed a confusing depth, you needed, we needed a glossary yeah also that? looking at the yeah looking at the big 12 statistics not to shoot a hole in your deal um Chris, no, go ahead but texas got 141 yards rushing mm-hmm. um oklahoma got 190 yards rushing and kansas got 62 so i mean um you know, and what, not to say I would say it's not playing great defense. They are great defense in comparison. Um, I, I suspect that Texas Tech will um, try to rush the ball against them, and eventually they'll figure out the opponents will figure out the three men um, defense. But they're playing more three men, more three men linemen, I defensive th- linemen than, than they are and they four can, man. And they can do that because they actually have faith in those three guys and. I mean, yeah. Ray Lima. I mean, Lima's taken on two blockers yeah, every play. Exactly. When, yeah. Campbell, when Campbell called him the unsung hero of that defense, there's no doubt about that. Because, I think on the whole roster. Yeah, because it's like you say, sometimes taking on two guys, he's not getting the stats, he's not getting the glory. He actually, at that position, you you prefer to not have yeah. the stats. But I Because mean, it he, tells you, it, what, yeah. that means you're clogging the middle and doing your job. But it, it's to me, it's kind of, 
it's almost like an offensive lineman too. Like you, it's, it's like you, you only see them when it's going bad and you know when they're doing bad for the most part. Yeah. It, the guy who, I mean, if I'm an Iowa state fan, if, if I'm talking to you, dude, driving home to Johnston right now on a Tuesday night, the, the kid to me who I think I'm probably most excited about like with the future of this program is Inye uh, Wazarike. Yeah, the redshirt freshman. He, that dude is a stud. Like, and he, I think he's, if I could have a draft right now, I'd take him over Jaquan Bailey. I absolutely would. Yeah, I mean, I if you guess, look at their body type, if you look yeah. at their motor, if you look at like actually filling gaps and doing like, like, like really sustained, like smart football. That kid's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah, I, I guess I, I probably would too, just for the sheer um, aspect that Bailey's work ethic has been <laughs> called into question at times uh, by the staff too. I don't there, blame. There's probably more upside. I don't Bailey, blame him for the uh, the the sniper thing or whatever. That was a bad uh, call. You mean the roll? Yeah. The the tumble up into the sniper position <laughs> or whatever. I, I don't blame him for but, that. That was a terrible call. The thing I will say with Bailey, at least I've seen a little bit more of him. I think with any, it's more. You've seen some of it, just not a ton yet. I mean, you're kind of. I'm very bullish on this. Buy, you're buying stock with him. I'm very bullish on this defensive line. I agree. I, I, think, I just am. I think they're and they, we haven't even seen Camillo hardly. He didn't play Saturday. Yeah, JD Wagner hasn't played bad. Dude, but that's, that's what happens when you have good guys on the inside. All of a sudden, the guys on the outside, you're like, wow, J.D. Wagner's not bad. Yeah, I mean, like, I, th- I think we all thought by at some point this season he was going to lose that starting spot, but he's he's uh, played he's, very well. He's playing real well. Yeah. He's a neat story, too. I like seeing those fifth-year guys. Yeah, and I do, Trent, too. Trent might be the best story on the team. Injured for four years, doesn't really do anything, finally healthy. He gets a stud next to him and look at him. He's one of the top defensive tackles in the entire Big 12. But when they've kind of, you know, Campbell talked, to, I think it was Trent that he was talking about yesterday, that when they bounced out of that three-man front, they kind of have to find a new home for him, kind of find out where he fits. It's okay, though. Then you got then you got backups, and you can start rotating yeah, exactly. and keep guys fresh. That's, that's what they ultimately want to do anyway. Yeah, that's why I said earlier, I mean, for once, they finally have some depth where the drop-off from uh, one to two is not, you know, going from A to Z. Iowa State's also getting a good pass rush out of those that three-man front as well yeah um it's not just from the linemen it's from the linebackers too but that it first i first started noticing it in the oklahoma game um they were using three-man fronts and go back and look at the oklahoma game the play that you know the defensive one of the defensive plays of the game was when joel um sacked baker mayfield from yeah. behind when he fell down and got it, back up. it was yeah. a three-man front hmm. that was a three-man front that and not to hammer away on that oklahoma game but but heck, that that defensive strategy was was spectacular. Fantastic. I mean, it's one thing to be able. You know, everybody knows. Okay, Baker Mayfield, as most quarterbacks have trouble. Not, most quarterbacks, not named Seneca, have trouble throwing across their body. So you always, if a right-handed for, quarterback, you try to force force him to a left to their left. Easier said than done, especially against what what um, defensive coaches told us earlier in the week was the best offensive line they'll face all year. Iowa State. Defensive line and linebackers um, flipped the bird to that offensive line, and they forced Baker Mayfield to go to go away from his body. They forced him out of his comfort zone, and that's one of the huge reasons they won the game. It goes back to the defensive line. 
What do we know? Uh, and I'm still fairly raw gentleman on Texas Tech. I have seen them play a couple of times. I don't feel like I've studied them enough to be um, up here spouting anything about the Red Raiders other than the fact that their defensive stats are better than they have been. And I do know that they blew a 20, or 29 unanswered points uh, for for West Virginia on Saturday, but it looked like at one point that Tech was going to convincingly win that football game. So what do we know about Texas Tech, Tommy? Good quarterback, again. I mean, that's pretty – Yeah, no, you're right. It's just – it's crazy to me, like, why every quarterback in the country wouldn't just want to go play in that system. Cause Baker gonna, Mayfield played there. You're going to put up a ton of numbers. I know. I mean, Do you remember a... when Baker Mayfield was a walk-on to Texas Tech? <laughs> walk-on. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, once again, one of the best offenses in the Big 12. But to me, that's the biggest thing is not being able to close out some football games too. Yeah, I'm, I I went into that Tech-West Virginia game thinking that was kind of a prove-it type game for me with Texas Tech, and they didn't they didn't pass the test. No, no, they didn't. And I think I, think, um, um, I don't think I know. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's butt got a little hotter. You know, his seat got a little hotter there. And it was interesting. I went back and looked at the – listened to some video after that game the post-game video and one of the first things that uh, Cliff Kingsbury reminded his players of was or reminded you know said during a post-game press conference you know he brought up last year's Iowa State game I was reading stuff from that he I said, saw your tweet today about I was that. reading stuff that he said yesterday yeah yeah and he said he said getting throttled or whatever the word was against Iowa State you know maybe was the best thing that happened to them well we'll see um you know we'll see um it certainly opened up their eyes that that uh you know something that can happen well, if your mind's not in the game. Yeah, but, and what's interesting, but, too, is it's like how different this Iowa State team is. Well, yeah, exactly. Ex- it, it, yeah, exactly. And, and you can almost turn that around, and Iowa State can use that as well. Um, yeah, was if that the turning motivation. point for Iowa State? I don't know. What I, they, I can't remember what they did after well, that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know what they yeah. did after that game. It so may I, not have been for remember. the team, but yeah. I think that's when it. a lot of these people around there and listening bought into Campbell. Yeah. When you – when when they saw Iowa State deliver against a, I, I'm not going to Big call, Twelve opponent, yeah, a, not named Kansas, a quality Big Twelve opponent. They yeah. they weren't great, but like that was a very convincing type of win. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of fans bought in after that game. So maybe it wasn't the turning point for here, the team. I don't know. No, I don't I think know. It was I, for the I won't go there. Here. I won't go there. But Iowa State played well enough to demoralize Texas Tech after. You know, middle of middle of the second quarter, there was no question who was going to win that game. And you talk to talk to Iowa State players after the game. You know, we talked to Iowa State players, and I remember asking some of them, "At what point did you notice Texas Tech players throwing the red flag?" And they said, "In the middle of the second quarter." Mm. So Iowa State was good enough on that day to um, you know to make Texas Tech give up, which was you know to say uncle, which was cool. I, I feel like going into Saturday though, we know more about Iowa State than we do Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't see. I, I, like I insinuated earlier, I don't, you know, look at the stats. Iowa State's favorite, you know, Iowa State has the, the edge in most of the stats, most of the important stats in my mind, and the field's not that big a deal. Um, I, I, I would not surprise me if Iowa State goes in there and wins. I think it's the home field advantage that's that's got a perceived home field advantage. It's got Iowa State as a five-point or four-point underdog, whatever it is. And it would not surprise me if that line goes down. The one game that I watched Texas Tech closely at and came away very impressed was when they went on the road on September 23rd and won at Houston, 27-24. to But I will say since then, 
Um, yeah, Houston's been all right. They yeah. they they beat they squeaked past Temple, um, and then they I, I thought it was an impressive win for them against SMU. But if you've watched any of Tulsa, most only the sickos have watched Tulsa like me. They've been bad this year, and last week Houston went on the road and, and lost forty five seventeen to that Tulsa team. So I'm not I get my I guess my point with Tech is I thought that was their best win. That game at Houston, and I'm not convinced that was this great win now. I feel like we're going to see a drop-off with that program. And elsewhere, I mean, they beat Eastern Washington at home. Um, Arizona State, this win looks a lot better now after last Saturday night when they beat Washington. But that was a classic Tech 52-45 type, just, you know, no defense at all. So that really didn't tell me anything about them. They beat teams like that at home all the time, and then they beat Kansas. So – I don't know. Their game against Oklahoma State, they lost, but trust me, it wasn't as close as the score would indicate. Oklahoma State left like 28 points in the red zone that night. Iowa State does not want to get into a shootout. No, I don't think so either. That's why I think in a weird way, a lot like that Oklahoma game, you're almost better off playing Kemp in the ball control type deal. Sure. Because Park's – Park can make a lot of throws, but he's going to make a lot more of them. And you have the more you're throwing the ball around like that, and Park thinks his arm is Brett Favre, and he's got a damn good arm. I'll give it to him. But man, you just you sh- you, the yeah. more you lengthen a game on the road in Lubbock, the worse your chances usually are. Yeah, you get to, yeah, you've got to keep. Those, and this is the game keep Shemenek off the field. The game that the road staff lost me was two years ago at Tech when David – or not David Montgomery, when Mike Warren was averaging like nine yards a carry and they let Sam Richardson throw it like 45 times. I, I mean, I, I never, up I'd never been more disgusted in my life with, a, with play calling than I was that night. He showed up to a gunfight with a butter knife, oh. essentially. Well, the, 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 it, was, it was so ass-backwards on how you should view that game. Like, if you're able to run nine, ten yards a carry – like, that's exactly what you want to do against Texas Tech, to shorten that thing up. And instead, they just kept chucking it all over the field. The thing is, it's once you get into that hole and you fall behind by so much, like Iowa State did, it, it just totally takes you out of your plan then. But, yeah, from the very start, Iowa it's, State went in with that mentality, we're going to try to beat you the same way you're beating us. Yeah, and it's difficult, too. And, and I would I would add, like, it's hard to get out of that, but they did in the Oklahoma game two yeah. weeks ago because you got down twenty four ten. And then it, I mean, Hecock basically said, "Is it Haycock or Hecock? Haycock. 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 Okay. So I've been mispronouncing his name for two years. It's okay. But he basically said, "I'm going to make Baker Mayfield make a mistake," mm-hmm. and and Baker eventually did. You and know? that's that's kind of the identity of this Iowa State team too is. They aren't making those mistakes. You look at they aren't getting penalized. They aren't turning the ball over. And they're playing just clean football right now. And they're not injured. Yeah. How about that? I, I mean, I don't six, remember. What are we, six games in? I don't remember this clean of an Iowa State injury report. <laughs> I know. There's Especially nothing. up front. There's no, Usually yeah, by now there's like four offensive linemen. I know. You're, you're, into the, you're well into the, into the JV on this one. Yeah. Um, you know what? As bad of luck as they had, though, for a while, like they deserve some good luck. Sure, they do. I agree with that. They were one. losing Lyman like 
by the quarter a couple of years ago. I know. I, it's, I don't get why. I don't. And maybe, that same strength coach who everybody wanted I'm to fire because it is now at Texas, by the way. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> We've been around each other too long. <laughs> We've had too many Diet Cokes together. Yeah. I just, you remember that, though? The whole, like, oh, he's training them wrong. Yeah. I mean, well, some of it was, was just bad luck. Yeah. Non-contact injuries are generally. I mean, I, I mean, Iowa State has had injuries too i mean you look at they've had the past two years they've had three quarterbacks suffer torn acls when's the last time contract in non-contact drills in spring ball when's the last time an iowa state starter at quarterback in game one finished the season at quarterback was our nod well like well, start you may play 12 or started yeah, and finished. Like started 12 games oh uh, yeah they probably austin it, I, I've, got, I've got that research someplace. I wrote that a few because years Sam ago, Richardson but I got never did it. No, Jansen Barnett never did, did it. No, Rohach never did it. No, uh, Park has never done it. Lanning has never done it. Uh, Jerome Tiller never did it. it Barnett has to be, never did it. It has to be Austin Arnod from two thousand and eight and nine. Yeah, and it, it, he didn't have just a, a twelve game thing or whatever it was back then. I think he he had a pretty good string going. Yeah, he was I think a good the, quarterback. I, I'm remembering this now, um, and I do have the research on this someplace. He, I think, what ended that string was when he broke his leg at yeah, Colorado. Yep, yeah. broke his leg. I think at yeah. Colorado. He, I Austin would have probably like set every passing record in at Iowa State had had that Chiswick staff stayed. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. That was a really good offense for I him. I agree with that. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. a spread guy, and when Herman came in, it just kind of, you know, it. Not that Austin was bad. It just the numbers that he was putting up his sophomore year before Herman came in and in Rhodes like were in, insane. I talked to Austin the other day, and he said that he would lo- he'd love to be running this offense right now that they're running. That it would that be perfect Campbell's for him. Offense. Yeah, it would be. He's yeah. a pro style quarterback. Yeah. All right, because they're not asking the quarterback to take chances. Yeah. He's not throwing the, you know, they're not asking him to do the, the the at risk stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of cool the way they've they've um, they brought down the offense a little bit for him. Former Cyclone fanatic sales director Austin Arnott. <laughs> there you go. All right, um, we'll touch on some hoops. We got about five minutes left. We'll touch Perfect. on some hoops. It was Iowa State basketball media day. Up in Ames today. We'll touch on that next here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Segment three, final segment of Cyclone Insider here tonight on 1460 KXNO. Uh, just a reminder, uh, if you want to go out and watch the Cubs game tonight, The uh, some of the KXNO crew, I believe Ross will be out at Mad Meatball uh, for the official KXNO watch party for the Cubs and the Dodgers. Tommy, you're the baseball guy. Cubs get one tonight? Come on. Yeah, I think they win tonight, but it's good they for aren't business. Gonna, we want the Cubs to win. Yeah, they aren't going to win this series, though. Wow. No, you're probably right. Yeah. Dodgers are really, really good. I mean, it's it's tough to tough to beat Kershaw and Rich Hill. That's true. Uh, Steve Prohm had his media day today. It was not as... Um, disruptive as the uh, Kentucky one last <laughs> week. We didn't have any uh, near near brawls between coach and and uh, columnist. So that that's a positive. But um yeah, we're I mean Randy, we really are in the kind of gearing up for hoops now. Practice has been going on. We'll be in Kansas City next Tuesday for the Big 12s media day. I don't know. Um 
This has just got a different feel to it, though. Like it's not none of the same familiar faces. It's it, it really is a rebuilding mode right now for Iowa State. I'm, yeah, and I asked around, and I, I just I still wonder where the oh my gosh um, thing happened. You know, where was that oh my gosh period that I don't have the four seniors around anymore? There's not the four senior yeah. starters around anymore. The biggest question I still have is where Iowa State's going to get its 80 points a game. You know, the average 80 point and whatever. Last year, where are they going to get that? Boy, I just where does think, that come from? I just don't think they will. I, 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 where, I, I, I try to figure it out. You know, I just sit at home sometimes and just scribble out stuff. Okay, what do we got? No clue. Who, no clue. Who leads coming. the team in scoring this year? Jackson or Wigginton? Take your pick. Jackson. I take Jackson. Yep. Okay. I'd say Donovan Jackson leads. Fifteen a game. Okay. Uh, Wigginton at around like twelve to thirteen points a game. Okay, let's go thirteen. Let's stay high. Uh, Weiler Bab, let's okay. put him at like nine or ten points a game. Let's go nine. Nine. Let's go nine. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Solomon Young. Eight. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, eight. I'll go high on that one. Okay, eight. Lard. That's, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I got no idea. what. It, I, I really have no idea. I mean, it, it sounds like he's playing well, but I would give him seven, eight points a All game. All right. How about Griffin. Wait, he's not on the team. Or I don't or mean I tally? didn't mean Tally. Tally. I didn't mean Griffin. Tally. <laughs> God. Tally's Sorry. The, uh, six. Yeah. Um, who else? Will, oh, Terrence Lewis. Lewis will play. Give. I'll give Four. him. Four. Salmon Young. We already we said him. Eight. We gave him eight. Uh, give Lewis five. Uh, yeah, I'll give Lewis five. Brace. Well, I mean that's a huge. <laughs> qu- him and Beverly like. Now, see, I, I think we've underplayed Beverly and Brace. If they're out there and healthy, they would be above many of the guys we've already mentioned, I believe. I'm adding 35-45. Keep talking. I mean, Beverly, <laughs> I feel like Beverly just because the volume of I'm at about 60, shots that he's I'm getting. at about 60 points without those two guys. We're at about 60. We're going to get up guys. to about 70 if we combine those two guys, yeah, I think. That's not going to be enough to win. That's not going to be enough Boom. to get to your seventh NCAA tournament in a row. Unless you're playing really good defense. Oh, yeah, and right. I, I mean, that's... You've got four new starters out there. That's not happening. You've got so many young players like Brace, there. if he's healthy, could really be good. In for six or seven... What are, you, what are you talking about here? Let's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes a game. Ten minutes a game. If he's healthy, he could play more than that. But that's mm-hmm. a big if. We don't know if he'll be healthy. It's a huge if. And then Beverly's a... He's like a positionless man. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know whether Linda Wigginton can handle running the offense, but he's certainly going to get a shot. I think he can. I, I'm way less concerned about him than yeah. I am, like a, a guy like Beverly and fitting in. No, the no, exactly. I, I, agree. I feel yeah, like you're right. I feel like Wigginton's one of the most sure things they have on that <laughs> roster, probably. Which you're talking about. There you go. You're talking about a guy who's never played a college game before. Yeah. You're talking about him being your sure, your sure guy. Uh, I, I'm in. I mean, and you wonder why the Big 12 coaches are going to pick him to finish ninth or 10th next year. Weiler week. Babb's got to, like, immensely improve if they're going to make Man. the tournament. She's got to be semi I mean, for him, at least he's going to get a little bit more consistent playing time. And I think that in itself is going to help him be a little bit more consistent. I mean, I think it took him a while to adapt to that role of, hey, there were times where he was playing some solid minutes and then – Okay, he's only getting a couple minutes here and there, and he'd go out and make some stupid mistakes just because he's playing so hard in those couple of minutes, not knowing when he's going to get another shot. 
Uh, that's good stuff, guys. Uh, we we we've got months to di- dissect this basketball program. That's a nice little preview. Just adding <laughs> up points. Uh, thanks, Randy, and I will will be down in Kansas City next week. I'm not sure the the future of this program, at least for next week. We'll figure so- <laughs> we'll figure something out for you guys, though. I promise. Um, Tommy, thank you for your contributions as always. Thank thanks to you, Pete. Thank you. Um, thanks to our audience. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you downloading all that good stuff. Hawk Central will be tomorrow night from six to seven with Chad Lystico and Mark Emmert. Cody Goodwin will be in. I'm not sure if Notton will be there or not. John Notton that stops by sometimes for high school insider. Uh, he and Ross will have that on Friday from six to seven, leading up to Jethro's football Friday night. Randy Peterson for Tommy Birch. I'm Chris Williams signing off. Later.